As always, it's so good to be with you. How are we doing? Well, it's been a while since I've been up here for the homily, but I'm really looking forward to today. Also, I had a great trip to the Smokies. See, God and mountains go together, especially if you grew up in the hills of southeastern Kentucky. I went to some real mountains this time, though. These are mountains, not hills. But I, I was really amazed by something as I was driving there. It's a new phenomenon that redefines the gas station experience. It's called Bucky's. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Bucky's. Yeah, over 100 gas pumps. You pull up your pump and get out and go inside once you fill up. And it's got a huge store in it geared for travelers. Uh, I've never seen so many people at a gas station. There were hundreds of people. It's very interesting. Well, enough about Bucky's. On to today's readings. Actually, all three readings are great readings. Uh, but I want us to focus primarily on the first reading because it's so relevant to our situation today. It's where we live today. And it has to do with an encounter between God and Solomon. Here's the backdrop. At this point, David had passed. His father had passed. And Solomon was made the king of the great nation at the age of 20. At the age of 20, just, you know, just taking care of a little over a few million people. That's all I had to do. And so God appears to him one night in a dream and says, well, Solomon, uh, what, what would you like? Tell me one thing you would like. Ask it of me, and I'm going to give it to you. Well, Solomon's response is very interesting. Um, you know, what God, was, God knew, but he was sort of surprised. Solomon's response is this. God, help me to know the difference between what's right and what's wrong. What's right and what's wrong. See, he was 20 years old. He was managing, he was king of a nation, and he was having to make all kinds of decisions, and he knew that those make, the decisions he made would determine the prosperity and the happiness of the nation. He knew that, and he wanted to do it right. And so he asked God for wisdom. What's the right, difference between what's right and what's wrong? And God says, you know, I'm impressed with you. I, I've, I've asked this before. Typically, people want to live longer. They want more money, or they want you to get rid of their friends, their enemies. <laughs> but you ask for wisdom. Guess what? You're going to get it. And you're going, to get, you're going to be the wisest person in the world. Isn't that what you know Solomon for? What was Solomon? He, well, he was the wisest person in the world. And uh, so God grants his request, and he begins to discern right from wrong as he's faced with all these day-to-day -day decisions. And what happens is the nation prospers. Good decisions equal prosperous nation. The nation's happy. The nation is in prosperity. And there's not many kings. If you study the life of the kings in the Old Testament, there's not many kings where there was a period like his. You know, that really speaks to the importance of knowing what to do, what is right and what is wrong. Well, I see many similarities between today's story with Solomon and, and our, ourselves. Actually, it's almost uncanny. But you may be thinking that, well, I'm not a king. You know, I'm not a king, uh, queen. I, I'm, you know, the only one that I rule over is the cat or the dog. You know, what, what are you talking about? I don't have any subjects. Really? I didn't know that. We need to listen to the saints. See, the saints would say 
that you're a human, as a human being, you're made up of many parts. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, the most outwards is your body. Fingers, you know, arms, head, you know, all those kinds, you got a lot of parts, but that's not all that makes you up. There's also your soul. And your soul is made up of many parts. And you rule over them. You rule over your life. And the degree that you make good decisions as you rule over these parts in your life is going to determine your happiness in life, how happy you are in life. See, you're your own little world. That's what you are. And your subjects are constantly coming to you and asking you what to do. Let me give you a couple examples. Uh, your majesty, I don't want to get up and go to mass this morning. Is it okay if I stay in bed to sleep? Or here's what, your majesty, do I have to eat from the salad bar today? I want one of those McDonald's super me quarter pounder with cheeseburger and bacon meals. Or your majesty, do I have to pray right now? There's something on television that I want to watch. You see how you're constantly having to make decisions? And those decisions affect the outcome of your life. So come to think of it, you are a king. You are a queen in your own right, in your own little world. And that, I, as, whenever I think about that, I think about this. That makes you powerful. So many t people today feel powerless. You have so much responsibility. Managing uh, your own little world is more than enough responsibility. You have tremendous power. Actually, you really do. Well, uh, just like Solomon, uh, the decisions that, that he made, as we see the prosperity of the nation, so goes it with, with us in life. See, uh, happiness is connected to that, to that doing what's right. Uh, happy, here's the reality of our situation. This is the bottom line, you might call it. Uh, the, happiness is what we're made for. Do you know that? Happiness is what you're... When God created everything, what did he say about it? It was good. God was happy with it. And he wanted his creation to be happy. You're made for happiness. It's in your DNA. I mean, it's, it, that's how deep it is. And the scriptures prove it over and over and over again. We want happiness. Uh, I'm going to prove it to you. Think about this. If someone were to come up to you today and say that they don't want to be happy in life, what would, what would you think? Well, you'd probably think there's something wrong with them, wouldn't you? There's something, who doesn't want to be happy? See, that, that right there is a, is a simple proof about the existence of happiness and our desire. It, it's built into us. Everybody wants to be happy. So let me share a, a couple more thoughts out of this story on our role as queen and king or king of our decisions in life. Primary question number one, how do we designate something as being right? That, that's the big question, you know. Uh, Solomon says, well, I want to do what's, what's right. You know, you have to have some kind of standard about what's right. Well, what is it? It's the fundamental question. What makes right, right? Well, you know, we think scripture, church, you know, those kinds of things. You know, living by those things, that's what we heard you sing so beautifully in the psalm a while ago, Lord, I love your commands. Uh, but it even goes deeper than that. Yeah, those are very important. 
But there's only one answer. Something that it, doing something that is right leads you to the end, which is God. God is the end of right decision making. And when you make right decisions, you find God. When you find God, what do you find? Happiness. Happiness. You want to be happy? Find God. You'll be happy. See, church, God is the prize. God is what we've got our eyes set on, right? Like Paul said. Uh, how did Jesus, how did uh, Jesus describe it? Well, he uses a couple of great illustrations today. One, he says, God's like a treasure chest. Guy comes along and he finds a buried treasure, and it's full of treasure. And he gets excited, and he says, I'm going to go sell everything I have so I can buy that property and have that treasure. See, there, there, do you feel that sense of being consumed by one thing? That one thing is God. Jesus is saying that's the way God is. That's the kingdom of heaven. Or like the pearl of great price. You've got a pearl merchant. He's out looking for pearls all the time. He finds the perfect one. You know, what does he do? His eyeballs get that big. And he says, i got to have that, and I'm going to go out and sell everything i got and buy it because it's worth everything. See, God is worth everything. Jesus is telling us that today. God is the end. God is the end. And when we experience God, we experience what we were made to be, and that's happiness. Here's another good point that helps us to fill in the picture. Doing what's right requires God's grace. It requires God's grace. What does God give Solomon? See, uh, he gives him the virtue of wisdom, the ability to take knowledge and apply it in a good way that'll lead him and an entire nation to God, isn't it? That's exactly what he does. Uh, but he didn't possess that. God says, I possess it. You know, I'm, I'm infinite. I possess all wisdom, and I want to give it to you freely. I want to give it to you. As a matter of fact, you're going to be one of the wisest people that's ever been spoken of. Whenever we think of Solomon, that's what we think of. He was wise. He was the wisest person. But did you know you can be that wise? That's powerful. I, I think it is. Well, how does God infuse wisdom into your life? Probably not through a dream where he asks you, what do you want? Maybe one or two in here like that. Probably not, though. How, how, do we, how, how are we infused with this grace of wisdom? It's in every one of you. How is it? Right back there. Baptism. Baptism. What happens at baptism? So many things happen at baptism. I love it when I ask the parents, what do you want for your child? Baptism. You know. Baptism, you receive the forgiveness of sin, and when, when the relationship with God is restored, the Holy Spirit comes in, and when the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of the living God comes in you, the Spirit of God infuses you with all of these virtues to assist and aid you in coming to Him and being happy. That's what He does. That's why we have the virtue of justice. We have the virtue of courage, moderation. We call those the cardinal virtues. Then there's the theological uh, virtues. What are they? Faith, hope, and love. See, God infuses those into you. It's not something you can do. That's why baptism is so important. I wish we could baptize a million children here a year. 
I really do. I don't know how we do it. We do it when we sister Sarah. We do it when we Mark. Yeah. What is that? Forgiveness of sin. Coming a child of God. Receiving the graces of God. I wish we could baptize a million. That's why we're here. You know, to bring people to God. To point the people to God. Uh, that's why baptize, baptism is so important. I can't overemphasize it. I really can't. Final point is the importance of using wisdom, justice, courage, and moderation in strengthening, strengthening and bolstering your many other virtues. You have a lot of virtues. You know, I like, what, uh, I like how God said, he used the word twice. Did you pick up on it? What's the word to describe where the virtues are? It's in your heart. See, the heart is your core of your being. That's who you are. You know what Jesus say? Where your treasure is, that's where you'll find what? Your heart. You know, that's what really matters to you. And within you are all of these virtues. Here's some of them. Within your heart, there's the virtue of charity, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, modesty, self-control, and chastity, and a myriad other. They're just waiting to be awakened. And that's why God gives you these other graces, to assist you in awakening those. Why is it important to do that? Well, when we practice these things, we create habits. You know, when you talk to somebody about habits, they usually say, I got a bad habit. I, I eat too many hamburgers, you know. Uh, got a bad habit. It's, what about good habits? Habits are good. Actually, bad habits are called, what, vices. <laughs> they're not called habits. They're called vices. That's what they are. Yeah, good habits. That's, uh, you know, that's what. And when you, what happens is as you practice, as you grow, and as you form these uh, virtues in your life, you grow. You grow wiser. You grow stronger in your love and your energy for God. And as you do, what does it do? It develops character. That's what habits do. You know, good character, bad character. But what's it based on? It's based upon your habits. That's right. And you develop character. And what comes out of character? Destiny. <laughs> You're, you know, what you, who you are, what your character, well, there's where destiny is. You reap a destiny. What kind of destiny do you want to reap? I want to reap a destiny of happiness because God made me that way and he wants me to be that way. I want to, I want to reap a destiny of knowing and loving God in each and everything I do. I bet each and every one of you want to do that as well. Now, that's where formation is so important. You've got to form these things. That's why we start as children and we grow as adults. One of the greatest ways, one of the premier ways of being formed into virtues is doing what you're doing right now, being here at Mass. You're being formed in your faith today. You're going to be stronger in your faith today. Remember that. So to all you kings and queens out there, God bless you. I love you.